is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by my main man, the Beanie Boy himself, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's going on, Joe? What's going on? What's going on, folks? If you can't see this, but I can, Brennan is finally and safely secured in a New York City apartment. Finally. Oh, how does it feel, buddy? Uh, tiresome, exhausting, uh, <laughs> anxious, <laughs> anxiety ridden. Um, and no, it's awesome. The apartment is what, awesome. What floor are you on? Just the second floor. One, one oh, flight walk solid. up. Yeah. Savannah's been working her tail off, making the apartment more like a home. I'm just getting in the way. Um, breaking things, breaking shit, knocking stuff over. <laughs> it's cramped, but it's home now. So it's going to be, we, we got, and for those of you listening, I now have a desk. Well, Savannah mm. bought us a desk. And so <laughs> I am for the first time ever recording this podcast, not propping my laptop all up on photo albums on a coffee table. Hmm. Look at him becoming a big boy. Professional. I've always had a desk. Oh, yeah. I'm hosting this week. So here is a rundown. If you are new to the show, welcome in. Joe and I are going to talk some sports. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the major topics and the major sports. And we will also hit on the Olympics because it is major. Happens once every four, sometimes five years. Then we will do our quick hits, quick hits, which quick. is going to be just uh, Joe and I going back and forth on a couple um obscure things happening, some <clears throat> maybe uh, sports that we just want to touch on quickly, or in some cases, some obscure sports, like when I talk about AEW. Then we will do our walk-offs, which is a short essay portion, and there's an amendment to that, a short essay portion, or Joe reads, <laughs> or statistics, or just overall, holy shit, I forgot to do a walk-off, so let me just <laughs> hey, talk second. about something. Yeah. And then Don't like we, this portrayal? <laughs> we will pedal our wares in the press conference. But let's start this week the same way we do every week. Let's kick it off, Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Oh, here we go. All right. We are going to start this week the same way we have the last couple of weeks. We are doing our previews, the over-under preview outlook for the NFL season by division. This week, the division we are going to talk about is the NFC North. Finally, we can talk about it. drama. We've waited so long because of one man. Because of one man. But now that seems it's been sorted. We'll um, go the same way we always do. So we're going to start with the team that finished in last place in the division last year, and then we'll work our way up to the first place. So we will get to that man, that myth, that legend you're talking about, but we've got three other teams to get to first. <laughs> All right. So we start with the Detroit Lions, Brennan. Bit Detroit. Of a, bit of crazy offseason for the the team out in uh, the Steel City. I think that's what it is, right? Are they? No, that's the Steelers, obviously. What yeah. Motor City. The Motor, Motor City. City. There we go. Yeah, um, I should have been quicker with that, seeing as how I played it in the Motor City Bowl. I mean, yeah, you should have. <laughs> Where is that jersey, by the way? Are any of you, are, did you unpack your bowl jerseys yet? No, not yet. I figured that's the first thing you unpack everywhere you move. No. <laughs> uh, so they moved on from their previous franchise quarterback, trading him to the Los Angeles Rams. And in return, they got Jared Goff, who me and Brennan don't think is really, really that good. Um, he's OK. Not not terrible. Decent. Uh, he'll be in the league for some time. Eventually, he'll become a backup and that'll be his role. But, Which uh, is this is uh, sounding to me just 
I agree with you wholeheartedly. But then there's that caveat of a a quarterback. He's a quarterback who took a team to a Super Bowl. Now you could say it's the coaching. You could say there's the team around him, which I wholeheartedly think it was that defense and the coaching. But still, it's crazy to me that the the Super Bowl, the most coveted prize in sports, other than the Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley's Cup, and this guy went to a Super Bowl, and he's mm-hmm. he is probably a C plus quarterback. Brent, uh, remind me. How much points did he score in that Super Bowl? Wasn't it three? Didn't they only yeah, score three so, points? Like I was saying, a quarterback <laughs> who's really not much to sneeze at um, couldn't get more than three points in a Super Bowl. Uh, Nick Foles put up 41 points in a Super Bowl. I don't know if you knew that. So, Oh, I knew that. Big dick, Nick. <laughs> the biggest of dicks. Dick. Hey, Nick Foles, uh, let me see that dick. <laughs> This is New York Brennan, everybody. I wonder why we don't get more play on bigger platforms. <laughs> like that one time. Um, um, Let's just keep it rolling. My <laughs> uncle was like, yeah, well, I'll uh, listen to some episodes, see what it's like. And then maybe I'll reach out to some golfers and have them come on. Oh, and yeah, then I was did like, say that, right? And then I'm over here oh. talking about Jack. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way he's going to reach out. to No, no way. <laughs> My so own fault. Anyway, Detroit yeah, Lions uh, over under is five. Yeah, the over unders five. They they made a couple moves as far as uh, receivers because they lost all of their receivers this offseason. Um, Marvin Jones is now on the Jags. Yes, One he is. Of them went to the Giants. I don't remember who that was. Uh, Galladay. Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Um, it was best. They're by far their best receiver. Yeah. They ended up getting Perriman, who was, I don't think he was there last year, but he also wasn't on. The Bucks. No, Rashad Perriman so. was on um the Jets last year, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so he went from the Bucks to the Jets. Okay. Um Yeah, as you can hear in our tone, we're not high on this team whatsoever. Uh Man Campbell was seen doing some burpees or up downs, whatever you want to call them. Uh they got a lot of young pieces. They're really in the transitional phase. They the funniest thing about this whole team is Michael Brockers made fun of Jared Goff after um, he got traded from the Rams because Michael Brockers was a Ram. He said, yeah. we finally got a real quarterback. Then like two weeks later, Michael Brockers gets traded to Detroit and has Jared Goff <laughs> as his quarterback again. Uh, it was like when um, Jalen Ramsey went to the Rams and then uh, Blake Bortles showed up and he's like, am I fucking in Groundhog Day? <laughs> what like, the hell is happening? It's like, what is that? I thought I got rid of this guy. But uh, yeah, uh, what's over under? Over under is five. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> I'm I'm dead. To, I'm very uh, bullish on what I'm going to take. Do I think they're only going to win four games or do I think they can win five games? I don't think they can win six games. And we don't push on this podcast. And uh, this is a non-push podcast. Is what you're non-push me? podcast, baby. Mm, so I MPP. have to take the under then. I have to take the under. I don't I'm see very, them getting over five. I'm very bullish on the under, taking the under, yeah. pounding it hard. Um, speaking of, <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, please don't do it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to take the under on this one. I like uh, Penny Sewell as the pick. They picked a couple of defensive tackles in the uh, later round, second round, and third round. And then, um, so what I, I, I always say this I like teams that build from the trenches. Um, I think Penny Sewell is going to be a generational 10-year starter, you know, seven-year pro bowler, five-year all-pro kind of a tackle. Uh, He doesn't have a quarterback to protect, as we've already discussed, but I do um, 
I like what uh, Campbell's doing as far as building from the trenches. You know, we're going to, what did he say? We're going to bite at the ankles and then bite one, the kneecaps, bite the kneecaps. And then one of those defensive tackles, I think it was Levi, the guy they got in the second round, not even going to attempt the last name. He, um, he talks so much shit after he got drafted where he was, he basically was um, like, yeah, Ricky? there you go. Joe, you can get away with that, but I can't. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he was like, he said something to the effect of, yeah, I just don't like offensive linemen. I think they're bitches and I'm going to fuck them up like verbatim. Like I'm not, not I'm obviously I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but why we can't get any of these golfers with the language. He was, uh, no, but that's what he was saying. He just kept cussing and cussing. And I was like, I like this guy. He's, he's <laughs> too legit to quit. Um, mm. Moving on. The next team we're going to talk about is the Minnesota, the twin city, the Vikings, their over-unders, 8.5. 8.5. Where'd they go last year? They were 8-8 eight and eight or 8-7-1. Yeah, because yeah, they had that weird weird tie in there. Yeah, I think they had a tie. Um, you want to take it first or you want me to go first? Uh, I, I can take you know it first. I how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, I think the Vikings are underrated by most standards. Um, eight, obviously, they're not underrated by Vegas. 8.5 has them kind of right where people think they're going to be. I think with Dalvin Cook uh, coming back and being healthy and Kirk Cousins is not a fantastic quarterback, but he's he's better than Jared Goff. Like he's a I think he's a good quarterback. There's debatable. But yeah, I mean, I know I might have a soft spot for him since I played against him in college. But uh, I think the Minnesota is this Vikings the bread and, uh, midlife crisis show where you're going to bring, yes, it, bring it up to the college <laughs> is moving yes, really help you to reflect. <laughs> no, So last year they got off to a horrible start, really rocky start. Uh, Zimmer, there were talks about him on the hot seat. He might get fired, blah, blah, blah. But they do have Jeff, uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously coming back in his second NFL season. He's one of the most explosive wide receivers in the NFL. And then again, Dalvin cook, you cannot, I cannot express enough how important he is to their offense and their smash mouth style of play, what they want to do. Uh, 8.5, I think is a little, I'm kind of right on that cusp. I think they can win nine or more games. So I'm going to take the over, but it's a tentative one. It's not like the lions. I'm not bullish. I'm, I'm very tentative. I'm almost bearish as it were. Hmm. That's a that would have been a great segue, but um oh fuck I didn't even try to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, what's over under again? Eight point five. Eight point five. I can see them going eight eight and one, being five hundred because you know Captain Kirk is Captain five hundred. Um, yeah, it really sucks for Dalvin Cook, Thielen, and Jefferson that they're hamstrung by this quarterback who will get good numbers but just underperforms in big moments where you really need a win. He can't do much. And their defense, though they have some pieces on the front, their back is very old. They went and got Patrick Peterson in the offseason, Xavier Woods, Harrison Smith. It's, they're all kind of – those guys are there, have yeah. been there, but they're getting up there in age. Um, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, those guys have been at the linebacking position for it feels like the last 10 years. Um, so I just feel like this team is – it's, it's it's yeah it's stuck in the rudders there was a reason they went off to a bad start because they did not close out games last year um so i i can see them going under i can see them going under, and i don't want them to because i do like dalvin cook even though he's a florida state seminal yeah, he, he just graduated uh f- with his degree this past like two days ago i think um 
But yeah, I mm, they could win nine games. They could luck into nine games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm gonna take the under though. I'm gonna take the under. You're gonna take and the finally, under. Okay. They'll stop paying Kirk Cousins and just move on from him. Yeah, and they he'll will still get all his money because it's guaranteed. Yep. The only quarterback to ever have his all his contracts guaranteed, basically. Yeah, he's the only one. And uh also they took Kellen Mond in the third round, which Kellen Mond is one of those guys where if you don't if you weren't paying attention to a lot of the draft stuff, you probably never heard of him. But he is he was in the top, you know. 10 to 15. Yeah. 10 to 15 as far as potential, you know, what he could be in the NFL. So if, you know, if they coach him up, right, he might, they, he might be the replacement for Kirk Cousins so they can get out from under that money. But like you said, unless they trade him, it's all guaranteed. But I think this is the last year that deal anyway. So no, because after like two years, they gave him a two year extension. All guaranteed. Okay. So there's this year (laughs) and next year. Okay. God. So yeah. stupid. This guy is the Grizz Robert. He had two franchise tags in Washington, all guaranteed, and then gets 84 over three. After two years, gets two-year extension, all guaranteed. Like, he has the best agent in the world. Yeah. That's, I can't. I can't even. Speaking but of he had to bet on himself. understanding on this, uh, the, the Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Brennan, what's your what's your thoughts? All right, Just looking so, at this quarterback depth chart looks insane. So the Chicago Bears over under is going to be seven. So even though they finished second in oh, the division you get to last talk about, year, uh, your boy Nick Foles. Yeah. Oh, Nick <laughs> Foles, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields. We've got yeah, uh, we've a, got a stacked quarterback room of mediocre say, quarterback room. Mediocre Whoa. to you know let me finish. Mediocre <laughs> oh, to okay. decent. Quarterbacks. Oh, oh. Well, I wow. say quarterbacks never pan out in the NFL. You heard it here. First, second and third, folks. I've been saying mm-hmm. it for a year and a half now. Let me look up some Ohio State quarterbacks as you talk. OK, give me those Troy Smith and uh, Baltimore stats. Yeah. Oh, but as everyone knows, round one, pick 11. The Chicago Bears take Justin Fields, the Ohio State quarterback who some thought was the best quarterback in the draft. Some people put him down at like six or seven in the top 10. Some people don't even think he's going to be a starter in the NFL. So uh, everyone's heard my takes on Ohio state quarterbacks. Everyone knows how I feel about that. I do not think he's, I think he could be a competent starter. I don't think he's going to change the game at all. Um, they also went with uh, two offensive linemen in the later rounds around two and round five. Cause those were their next couple picks since they traded so much away from Mitch Trubisky. God knows. And, um, couple of things. So I like what the bears are doing on paper. Hmm. Um, but Matt Nagy is still their coach, which worries me. Um, and as like, as far as the roster, there's a split obviously in that room. Cause they thought Andy Dalton was going to be the starter. They still have Nick Foles on the team. If I'm not mistaken, who's a super bowl yep. winning quarterback. Um, yep. And they went out him earlier. They went out and got Justin Fields. So I don't know kind of that. I It's going to be a competition, but it's going to be a weird competition. It's not like one of those things where it's there's an incumbent starter and then a rookie comes in and it's like, all right, now we got to get going. It's like all those guys other than Nick Foles are brand new to that system. So I, I the over under seven at seven for a reason. I've got the under on the Bears. I don't think they're going to be able to put it together. I know Matt Nagy's really good with offense and with the well, quarterbacks. They were in the playoffs last year. Yeah, 
No, I'm aware, but I don't I don't think it's going to work out. Plus, they also do have one of the they have arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL in Allen Robinson, but he doesn't uh, again what? the quarterback situation. Allen Robinson. I I heard who you said, but I know he's good, but you just made him a top 3 receiver in the league? I yeah, I'd put him in the top 3. In the league. Yeah. Do you disagree? Hard, wholeheartedly, yes. All right, what in a league it? that has DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, uh, uh, Stephon Diggs, that's three right there. Oh, I take Allen Robinson over Stephon Diggs all day. You are what? All day and twice on Did Sunday. Did you see what Stephon Diggs did last year? 102 receptions, 1,250 yards, average 12.3 yards per catch, six touchdowns. And might I remind you who his quarterback was? Do I need to look up who Stephon Diggs numbers? No, because Stephon Diggs had an MVP caliber quarterback thrown. Okay, so I look up Stephon Diggs in uh, Minnesota the year prior, or no, the year we don't before have to that, do that, or the year before that, gonna, or the year before that. That's with my point. <laughs> uh, okay. One good year doesn't really change the narrative that easily. Well, I mean, in 2019, with the same quarterback situation, 98 receptions for 1,100 yards. I mean, okay, fine, not top three, top seven. Top five, top seven, somewhere in there. I don't know, man. Kelly Galladay is probably better than him. I do not. I will know on what? that one. Kenny what? Galladay is not better Look than Allen Robinson. Look at Kenny Galladay's numbers. It's not, but we're not doing an analytics thing right now. Allen Robinson. Well, you just pulled up numbers. I know, because you made me. <laughs> Kenny Galladay had Matthew Stafford, go to who's going to make the fucking Pro Bowl this year oh because of the gosh. team that he's on. Unbelievable. You okay, Mr. Bisky so, made the Pro Bowl last year. If you, uh, if you, uh, <laughs> Tyreek Hill exists. All pro, all pro. That let me say that Tyreek Tyree Hill, Hill is a, Tyreek Hill is a speedster. He's not a fantastic wide receiver. The position isn't called speedster, Brendan. It's called wide receiver. He uh, runs and catches the ball. There's five. There's five other receivers I take before Tyreek Hill right now. Allen Robinson, <laughs> number one. Oh my God! Okay, not number one. DeAndre Hopkins is number one, obviously, but you're out of your mind. Allen Robinson is a top ten. I love how it went from top three to now it's top ten. No, Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Because Keenan Allen has that crazy size. Keenan Allen's a monster. He's like six five. I'm looking at. I'm looking at. uh, I don't even know what place this is, but they have uh, Allen Robinson twelve. That seems about right. That seems about right. They got if DK you got Allen Robinson, they got if you Calvin got Allen Robinson, and they got AJ the, Brown, who I forgot about. If you got Allen Robinson in the first round of the draft of your fantasy team, you'd be soaked. No. Are you on PFF? I'm on PFF. Let's go. Is uh, uh, I'm on fantasy football. Calculator. Allen Robinson is four, according to Pro Football Focus, the name and football analytics. And you know how I feel about. I know you hate focus. Pro Football Focus. <laughs> <laughs> They've got they De- had Devonte Adams, have, DeAndre uh, Hopkins, they had Baker Mayfield over Lamar Jackson. PFF did Tyreek right, Hill and then Allen Robinson. They the got fact- Julio at five on PFF. Julio, Julio's a good wide at receiver, this right? age. At this age. <laughs> All right, we're Get getting off topic. <laughs> Michael so, Thomas exists. Let me rein it in. The Bears over under is seven. I'm taking the under. You're taking the under. Right? Yeah, I say the uh, second under. I didn't even talk about them yet. Yeah. I just went off on an Allen Robinson. Yeah, sorry. Spree. Sorry, folks. Um, Trying to fill an hour here. 
So they said Andy Dalton. Oh, we're going to get to an hour. You best believe. Uh, they said Andy Dalton was QB1. And then they went and drafted Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is not going to be the day one starter, but he'll eventually be the starter. Their defense is good, but they're getting older. Khalil Mack is not the same Khalil Mack that they traded for. Roquan Smith is getting better, but he's not what they thought when they drafted him. Um, their backs, their DBs are still as good as uh, they can be. I mean, at this age, Desmond Trufant, I feel like, has been in the league since I was a child. Um, their receiving core is good. Uh, with Allen Robinson at the top of that, Daryl Mooney. Um, they get Tariq Cohen back, who ended up having a gruesome injury last year. I believe he tore his ACL. Uh, David Montgomery seems to be a solid running back, and Cole Komet is a good to middling tight end. Um, and over under seven. Yeah, seven is the yeah, other one. They're going on this. They're going on this. Yeah, I'm looking at this schedule this. too, man. I mean, <laughs> if they want to start Justin Fields, they're going to have to do it sooner than later. But I mean, listen to some of these defenses they play Miami, who mm. Brian Flores can scheme them up real, real well. Then they've got the Bills and the Titans, and we've talked about them. But then they've got the Rams. They've got mm. the Browns, who have that solid defensive mm. line. Um, the Bucks, the Niners, the Steelers, who always have a pretty good defense. You gloss over the Bills and the, tit- uh, the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm, can, I'm just talking about. I would say the Bills are good defensively. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying is we talked about them, how they kind of tapered oh, off okay. at the end of the season. But um, that's that's the preseason. In the regular season, they start with the Rams. So obviously, Justin Fields isn't going to start. You cannot have a rookie start against one of the best well, pass rushes in the, the Dolphins NFL. Dolphins did it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Did they win that game? I think they might have won that yeah, game. Yeah, I think they won that game by three. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we've got, we're going under, but I, I Justin Fields is going to start eventually. I just don't know when because that schedule is pretty daunting, especially playing in the NFC North, too. I mean, those are pretty good defenses already. So, no, speaking of, we just shit on the last two defenses Detroit and the Vikings. Yeah, I just, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I think I said that because in the past they've had good defenses. but Yeah, in the past they've all the been Vikings, like defensively Two good. years ago, the Vikings had the second best defense in the NFL. Exactly. That's why but, everyone was so confused what was going on with Zimmer last year. Yeah, well, the guys are older, man. The guys yeah. are older. And we'll, we'll talk Peterson more about that in my walk-off. Turn back the time, hands of time. You can't, you can't. You can't turn back the hands of time. More about, more about that in my walk-off. So, and you can't turn back the hands of time when it comes to the uh, relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the GM, Matt Gutekunst. Boom! Boom! Segway, folks. Green Bay Packers, over under 10 and a half. First, I just want to say, Green Bay is not a vacation destination. Uh, you're only going there to play with me. Um, this organization has failed to treat its players with any modicum of respect. From Randall Cobb wow. to John Kuhn to Clay Matthews. Oh, you've been moving and shit. Did you not see Rogers' press conference? No, I did not. Oh, after we finish this, you got to watch that, buddy. Did he rip into uh, the organization? He ripped. What I just said is verbatim basically what he said. He said, nobody's coming to Green Bay to vacation. The only reason they're coming here is to play with me. He Damn. shit on the whole city. It was one Damn. of the best things ever. And he did it with such a calm. Yeah. Like a the dad R-E-L-A-X, his, relax. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just a dad like scolding his child. Like, guys, I'm not mad. I'm not. Dis- I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed in you. <laughs> you could yep. have been. We could have been so much better if you just would have asked me anything, anything. 
But um, so yeah, Aaron Rodgers showed back up. He's at training camp, didn't miss a day, restructured his deal to where um they took a year off and then they'll be able to trade him next year. Basically, he's going to get traded next year. Um, so Brennan, you go first. Uh, they have Aaron Rodgers. So I'm over, hard on the over. And the over is what, 10.5? 10 point, yeah, 10 and a half. Um, I'm going hard on the over. I'm looking at their depth chart. They're they're really weak on the offensive line, um, obviously. Yeah, Bakhtiar. They got one of the better offensive lines. Well, I mean, they did, but they, they've lost a couple of guys this past offseason. I mean, their defense, especially their linebacking core, has always been up there. Um, the last couple of years. So I'm not too worried about them. Plus they've got uh, one of the best corners in the NFL and Alexander. So I, yeah. I got not him Kevin over King. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got, <laughs> I got him over. I got him over and I got him over in a, a big, bad way. You saw how tentative I was on the Vikings and the bears. And then I was solid yeah. on the lions under, I think the Packers are cleaning up this division. Yeah, I think the Packers are cleaning up because they get to play those other three teams. They should go six and zero, if not, five and one, if not six and zero against their division. Um, Rogers is uh, rally cry basically at that press conference was the players need to be respected and treated like human beings. And some people think that his diva behavior is going to rip the team apart. I think actually it's going to bring the team together because they know that he is fighting for them. In a sense, um, he made himself the everyman. If you really look closely at that press conference and it showed because like the next day, David Bakhtiari, one of his offensive linemen, went and bought him a new golf cart for him to drive around camp and whatnot. So yeah. the team and the players are behind him and they know that he is there to fight for them and he's not there for the organization. He's only there to give his blood, sweat and tea. Plus, and tears for the other players that he's uh, lining up with week in, week out. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, hammer, hammer, hammer the over here. They're hammer obviously it. winning. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got Rodgers having a, a, another MVP caliber season, and uh, he'll be in Denver next year. Boom. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, shit. I have the transition. Yeah, I'm waiting on you, man. Sorry. You've got the sound, my man. I do. All right. Moving on to everyone's favorite segment of the week. Still in the kickoff, but it is where Joe talks baseball and I jump in randomly. It's where I ask Brennan his opinions on things that have happened in the America's pastime. And he gives his half-hearted, floundering opinions. Brennan. Full disclosure to everyone, I never look at my computer for this one. I don't look at any notes. I just go off of the <laughs> tertiary knowledge I have about baseball. Let's do it. I was going to start somewhere else, but you saying that now, I, I just can't wait. Um, I'm going to rearrange this whole thing. Brennan, the Rays, yes. in, in a move to add a little pop to their lineup. Yeah, See of course. Got to add pop. <laughs> That's what Joe Madden's always talking about. Pop. Gomez no longer there. Kevin Cash. <laughs> um, they went and traded a couple prospects to get Nelson Cruz, the ageless wonder, I believe at 41 years of age. His first game there, he already had a, he had like two homers in his first two games. Do you think this is going to help them ascend to the top of the AFC? The AFC? Jesus Christ. The AL East. No, I don't. Um, like you said, Ooh. he's he's up there in age. And you know what? The Red Sox made some moves, too. And I know they're all in the same division. Uh, the Yankees, while they are pretty far behind and a little on the floundering side, they went out and made some moves too. got my boy Rizzo played with his little brother in college. Uh, 
how to keep that theme going. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't think this move, I mean, it's going to benefit them offensively in the short term, but I think this is going to be more sizzle, less steak. Okay. Speaking of uh, the Yankees and Rizzo, like you just said, yes, the Yankees went and made I'm trades crushing for this segment, by the way, Stop. We, we have a good rhythm here. Uh, the Yankees made trade for uh, two lefty batters, uh, yep. which they desperately needed in their lineup uh, after having all righties, but having a short right porch and not taking advantage of that. They went and got Anthony Rizzo and they went and got Joey Gallo. Um, okay. We both listen to PTI. So you just took all my points that I was going to make. <laughs> so how do you think this is going to benefit them going forward? So I actually think this will benefit them. Like you talked about the short right porch um, in the stadium, uh, but also Rizzo isn't Rizzo's more of a, the, well, the two better who they they got Rizzo and what was Joey the other? Joe, okay. So both those guys, while they can hit for power are not, are not big, huge power hitters. They're more. Let me correct you already. Joey Gallo is only here for power. Rizzo oh, is really? a contact damn hitter. It. Yeah, I was going to say, I know Rizzo is a contact hitter. I was hoping they both were so I could lump them <laughs> no, together. Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo is 200 strikeouts, 50 homers. Okay. He's here to mash. So, okay. So they already had plenty of that, obviously, from the right side. And that was one of their big only things. Only from the right side. Yeah, only from the right side. And that, that was one of the, the big issues. So. Okay, so getting Rizzo, I think, will help. He's still a, he's not obviously as old as Cruz. You I'm going to cut you off we real fast about. because I've been watching Rizzo this weekend because they're playing the Marlins. Already, Rizzo has hit like two homers. This is very annoying. Really? It's very annoying. Yes. Yeah, but they didn't, <laughs> immediately get, him. Becomes they didn't a Yankee get him for legend. his yeah, I know. His they power, didn't get but... him for that. But then against my team, it, in his home fucking stadium, yeah. stadium he's from Fort Lauderdale, fucking matches two homers. I'm like, seriously, dude. Seriously. Well, it's also really interesting, too. What I find fascinating is the fact that they're... There's talk about, you know, are they going to fire Cashman? Like, what, they got to redo this whole roster. They're not, because this whole idea, baseball's been around for over 100 years, and this whole idea of, oh, we're just going to mash the ball out of the ballpark, or we're going to strike out. This, like, launch angle, like, all this bullshit that Mike Wilbon talks about, I don't understand it. I don't, no, but in all honesty, I don't understand it. The thing that I liked about baseball when I started watching it a couple of weeks ago. No, uh, when I first started talking <laughs> to you and Tyler about it, and I talked about this on the podcast before, but the thing I really enjoyed about baseball was kind of the anxiety ridden innings. Like, Riddle. yeah, how, how it's like, okay, I, I just need a single and then I'll get this guy on base. And then the, the back and forth, the chess game and the Yankees don't play that way. So good. I'm fucking glad they're three and a half games behind in the wild card. I'm glad they're nine games behind of the fucking Red Sox. Yeah, I got some numbers. What's up? I was like, he looking back at his computer now. <laughs> no, uh, I'm really not. I speaking, just remember that from BTI. Of, oh, do you? Oh, that definitely probably changed now then. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Red Sox, the Red Sox went and po- added some uh, added some more left-handed pops to their lineup as well. They went and traded for Kyle Schwaber. Schwaber. Uh, do you think Kyle, Kyle Schwaber, dude? How do you think Schwaber is going to help their lineup, kid? Uh, yeah, the Red Sox are hot and getting hotter, baby. And I don't only I don't fucking say that because I can do a Boston accent fucking to the T. That's not why I say that. I say that because, no, the Red Sox are already in first <laughs> place. They're uh, at least four games up. I think they're just going to get better. This brings more offense to their their team. They already have a pretty uh, good stable of pitchers. So I, I, I got the Red Sox going to the World Series. <laughs> You probably shouldn't say that living in New York now. Um, to add a oh, little context yeah, for that, uh, 
Yeah, Chris Sale is on his way back. They expect him to be back uh, in the next week or so. Even I was I don't right like about the pictures. Fuck yeah. He's not back yet, though. But um, they do got some other good, okay guys. Uh, I mean, they're the breakout team of the year. Uh, no one thought they'd be where they are right now. Uh, Revers and Devers. Revers and Devers. Yeah. Revers. And, I saw what no, you did there. His name is Devers, actually. Devers and Verduga. Um, have matured way beyond anyone thought Alex Cora coming back really has uh, put that on display. And Xander Bogart is just a solid, rock solid at shortstop position. Um, so yeah, uh, they may potentially win the division. Rock um, solid. Some would say Folzian, how rock solid he is. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus. Sake. Um, now one of the bigger deals, uh, the Dodgers. Yeah. Doyers. Made a huge trade. By adding another Cy Young winner to their lineup. One is currently sitting out because uh, apparently he's a little too aggressive when it comes to sex. Um, oh, now, who's, now who's being vulgar? So he's, I didn't use any ridiculous words. <laughs> um, but yeah, Trevor Bauer is currently on leave uh, from the league. But, yeah, um, the entire league. So... They added Max Scherzer, who one of my favorite pitchers. Even I'm happy he's out of the fucking NL East now, but one of my favorite pitchers ever because he's just such a, a bulldog. He's such a man's man. He's he's a leader of the team at the pitching position, which is not common. Um, but what no one saw coming was the Dodgers also taking Trey Turner in this deal. Trey Turner, who plays shortstop, the same position as Corey Seager, who is an NL MVP in his own right. So, Brennan, what do you think about the rich getting richer? Now the Dodgers have a uh, salary over $28 million, $280 million. They're going to have to move him to uh, third base, aren't they? They have to move him somewhere. Well, third base is Justin Turner. Oh, and yeah. people all over the field. Now they yeah. might move him to second and move Chris Taylor to the outfield. Who knows? Okay. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. This is what <laughs> needs to be a salary cap in baseball. <laughs> it's stupid. I mean, like you said, the rich getting richer. Honestly, you made a lot of great points. And I actually know a little bit about this trade just because it's been blasted all over everything for the last couple of days. But it's 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 it seems unfair. We've seen underdogs win in baseball before. We've seen teams, you know, get upset that have these super high payrolls. We've seen it with the Yankees for like the last fucking 15 years. So, I mean, it's not it's not a sure thing, but it's a little insane when you look at the numbers on paper. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's insane. Uh, Turner. Turner. Yeah. Trey. Trey can uh, play for a couple of games still because uh, right before this trade actually happened, he got put in COVID protocol. But um, yeah, no, this, this is absurd. Um, I don't know how the Dodgers still have all these these resources and money. So basically, what we talked, one of the things we talked about with Tyler was they got their farm system in such a great place after they took uh, Andrew Friedman over from the Rays, and now what it seems to be is they're getting their uh, again their farm system to a place where. It's one of the better farm systems and just flipping it for proven talent, which they couldn't do in Tampa because they didn't have the money to pay that proven talent, but they could do that with all the money in LA. So it's, it is mind numbing. Um, they're not giving up. Uh, and, um, 
Yeah, we could say this helps segue. And they're they're still competing with the Padres and the Giants. And the Giants made one of the more poignant deals. Um, I feel like they should have went after a pitcher, but there weren't a bunch of pitchers available. But they went and got Chris Bryant, former NL MVP in his own right, um, to add him to third base. So how do you feel about that deal? Uh, I think it's going to be too little too late, honestly. I they're winning some, the division right now. I know, but what I'm saying is, but we were just talking about it. The moves that the Dodgers made, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything anyone else can do in the West that's going to make a difference. To be honest with you, so you're saying the Dodgers are going to just run away with it, or do you yeah. think? I mean, on paper, again, I like I said earlier, I've already, you know, I said it before. You know, there's been upsets. There's, you know, other teams have been, you know, surprised or shocked. It doesn't matter what your payroll is. Anybody can win. Yada, yada, yada. All the reasons we love sports. But on paper, the Dodgers look like they're going to fucking steamroll everybody. I mean, that's on paper, but in application, I mean, you got to go out there. You got to play the game. You got to win. But that's what I'm saying is right now, if you're asking me what my outlook is for the rest of the season is when it comes to the teams in the West, like the Padres and the Giants and stuff, I think they're going to get rolled. I think they're all going to get rolled. They, I know that's not the answer you wanted, but, but the that's Giants the answer I'm giving. The Giants have been rolling them is what I'm trying to say. I know that, but it's what not I'm like saying Serge is... out there every day. He's only out there one every fifth day. I know, but this is going to rally the team, and the Giants have been rolling them, but I think it's all about to turn. It's all about to change. Speaking of things about to change... Uh, it's not the hero they wanted, but it's the paying, hero they need. I don't know if you folks have been paying attention, but uh, Rizzo and Bryant have been mentioned already leaving Chicago, and the third shoe dropped from the last from Oh their, yeah, let's talk about that. The 2016 World Series champion. I was going to say the trio from their World Championship team, Javi Baez also was moved and moved to the Mets. Um, yeah, that's been a big deal you, now that I'm a New Yorker. How do you feel about that, Brennan? I'm fucking super Oh, uh, hang on, let me do my New York. Wrong accent. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really do a New York. I always want to do Boston. Coughing into the mic never never a good idea. <laughs> Fuck you. No, that's Boston. Oh, <laughs> what the hell? How do I do a New York accent? Um, <laughs> forget about it. Hey, have your bias in the Mets. Forget about it. All right. That was some great analysis by Brady. Uh, I think this is going <laughs> to help the Mets. <laughs> I think this is definitely going to help the Mets. Uh, they move Hivey to second because they already traded for Lindor and paid Lindor out the wazoo. But um, yeah, Javi, I mean, last night he already had a home run in his first game. So yeah, they were already winning the division. Um, it's a crappy division. Uh, if you look at it, the Phillies and the Marlins and the Phillies who paid fucking Jesus Harper. Uh, the, the Phillies, half the Marlins, a billion and the dollars. <laughs> Not half a billion dollars. Um, yeah, was it a $495 million over, deal? No. What I thought it was like 490 No, he got like three something. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, um, Mike, Mike Trout got like four something. Oh, uh, okay. I was kidding. Yeah. The, they're two generic looking white guys. It looks like someone went into the, the show game and just hit auto-generate player. Harper doesn't look generic. Trout does. Harper has Harper, too much flair to be generic. Is Harper the one with the... No, Harper doesn't have the tattoos, does he? I don't know, but he has the hair. Uh, we're, we're getting off. We're getting off brands. Yeah, he has the hair and the beard. But, um, yeah, so the Cubs have basically sold off all their players from that uh, 2006 championship winning team. The city of Chicago is... I mean... 
the north side of Chicago is essentially morning right now. South side is looking good right now. Yeah, the White Sox um, are killing it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. All right. I That's think it's, enough for baseball. I just real quick want to touch on that. Um, I think it is a very Kawhi Leonard in a Toronto situation where the fans are happy that they won the championship and they will be revered whenever they come back to Chicago. There's no bad blood. There was no, this is just kind of, they weren't winning and the team had to make a decision. And this is the only two good points I had on this. So I wanted to get those in because baseball is not my forte. Moving on. No, I don't think uh, now, now you open the floodgates for me. Um, I don't think the fans are upset with the players necessarily. Necessarily, I think they're upset with management. Um, we saw Theo Epstein basically leave before this season, so he didn't have to make the tough decisions. Um, we saw him do the same thing when he was in Boston when uh, yep. some of those players were getting ready to leave. Um, but he's also going to go down as one of the best GMs because he got those two teams who were curse riddled um, to get championships. So yeah, he'll be in the conversation. In ten years, he'll be in the conversation for one of the greatest GMs to ever live. Uh, in ten years, he'll probably be the the, the commissioner of the league. Yeah, um, just so because yeah, of- right now he's working in the commissioner's office. He's one of the people who are trying to find ways to help improve the game for the next generation. So. I definitely see him. And for some of the older generation, (laughs) me. Uh, All right. Well, moving on. I know there's a theme music for the Olympics, but I can never remember what it is. So we're going to talk Olympics, the Olympics, ladies and gentlemen. First thing we want to talk about, we talked about it last week with the women's, uh, the women's, National team in soccer, football, bouncing back this week, as predicted by Joe and myself. I believe we had that the men's basketball team bouncing back. I mean, they couldn't have they couldn't have been worse. Um, yeah, they had to beat those two teams, Croatia and Iran. Um, so, yeah, um, Durant had good games in both games. He's now the most, I think, the point leader for all Olympic basketball, or at least for us. That doesn't surprise um, me. You know who he passed on that list? No. To be number one. Magic. Carmelo Anthony. Um, of course. Our Mello, greatest hey. basketball Olympian. I was going to say uh, Mello used to, Mello used to put those guys on skates when he would play in the Olympics. Um, and yeah, not figure uh, skating. That's winter Olympics. <laughs> hey, uh, Jason Tatum finally had a good game where he scored like 20 something points. <laughs> um, I was doing finger uh, guns, but yeah, not the visual it was very good. And uh, they won both those games by uh, the, the combined 89 points. So, yeah, they, those are they, games they have to win, though. Like you said, exactly. like it's those not are high. games they have to win. I mean, now the test of France. It's not even a huge test anymore, but the test coming up is uh, their quarterfinal game against Spain. Um, they should win that. So Spain used to be like the, the team is Ricky to be. Rubio now. Okay, so. the Gasol brothers aren't playing anymore. No, they're both playing, but they're just they're both like yeah. old as hell now. So God, remember yeah. what was it the last Olympics when it was a younger Rubio and then the Gasol brothers and everyone's like Spain's yeah. going to give us a hard time and then Spain we beat was them like by a like, top three team back then. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Yep. This oh, is something before we, what, before we move off of basketball. I do want to shout out the ladies three on three team that took gold. Uh, Stephanie Dolson, Allison Gray, Jackie Young, and Kelsey Plum, coached by Coach Carol Lawson, who coaches the Duke Blue Devils. Shout out to we have some uh, breaking uh, first. Oh, there's breaking news. Well, but there's breaking the basketball news, news, but 
before you say that, um, the first three on three uh, gold ever given out. So yeah, Shout oh, that's out. cool. Um, do you want to save it for the quick hits? We can talk I don't about know it. what this news is. So yeah, put it in the quick I hits. Mean, and put yeah, it. I will. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not crazy. It's probably going to be something where you're like, yeah, I saw that already. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't know. Um, so then the other thing, uh, U.S. women's national team was in a, a nail, but oh, I did not see that already. Oh, oh you shit. didn't? Wow, that is that is shocking breaking news. Yeah, uh, just came across wow. the wire about an hour ago. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, the women national team, uh, had a nail biter. I don't know if you caught any of this, Brennan, but uh, they had a two, no, Joe, I don't know if you against- heard, I was uh, too busy moving to New York fucking city. Uh, they had a 2-2 game against the Netherlands <laughs> that went into extra time and they had to hang on for dear life and get sorry that was aggressive I'm sorry the, no it's fine um, you see how you talk to me people um, they got to a uh, the penalty shootout situation uh, the US won that 4-2 with uh, Rose Lavelle Alex Morgan Christian Press and Megan Rapino getting the last one um, and shout out to uh, Alyssa Nair the goalkeeper for the US national team blocking two of those goals from the Netherlands. Yeah. So um big win. I believe they play Canada in the next game. The yeah, next they're going to play Canada 4 a.m. Do you want to do a live stream of that at 4 a.m.? No. No. Uh, All right. <laughs> Joe's the biggest I mean, proponent I, I, of women on this live, podcast, but not that big. Oh! I know you live in the city that never sleeps, but uh, your boy needs to sleep. Dude, uh, it's insane. I just a sidebar. <laughs> it is bananas. Like, I... It's insanity. I, I, the last like two or three nights. Would you every, say it's Lynn sanity? It's yeah, it's very, I mean, that was a stretch, but it's just crazy. <laughs> I've been going to comedy shows, but it's one of those things where I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to the eight o'clock show. And then I go to the eight o'clock show and then I'm like, well, let me walk down to the stand and see what's going on. And then they've got tickets available for the 10 o'clock show. So then I go to that and then I'm like, oh, let me go down to the cellar and see what's happening. Then they've got, you know, tickets available for the one o'clock show. And then I go see, or the one thirty show or whatever. And by the time I get home every night, it's like three in the morning and I'm like, I really should get to bed. And then I go to bed, <laughs> but then I've got so much to do during the day because of the fucking move. I'm up at like nine and I'm like, this cannot be my sleep schedule. You probably shouldn't go to all these shows while you're still in the process of moving. But it's, it's yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's probably, <laughs> yeah. probably said it. Good thing, uh, yeah. Savannah came. Oh no, show ten o'clock tonight. Can I see my boy Dan Lamore? <laughs> Huge shout out. All right, uh, what were we getting ready to talk about next? Oh, so Simone Brandon, Biles. Uh, do you want to talk about the Simone Biles thing without objecting her, objectifying her? Yeah, absolutely. Now that we've got the new setup for the podcast, that is a hundred percent what I'm going to have to do. Um, <laughs> out in the living room, baby. <laughs> no, I, uh, I didn't even think about that part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. We give, oh, so we're getting 100% more Big Bleep Nick and less of the other stuff is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, going to be a lot of dick talk. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't... Okay, so shit, let me set it up for those that, Let me set it up I, I, for I know, those I, know. I mean, I know what happened. Okay, no, yeah. I know you know, probably know. Uh, so Simone Biles, and who doesn't know this at this point? Uh, Simone Biles on, what was it? The, the, the second Thursday day of, last week? Uh, yeah, um, of the group routines or whatnot, uh, she pulled out after her first event and uh, she took herself out. She says she was doing it for mental health reasons. She is then subsequently pulled out of just about every individual event. I think there's one more she hasn't officially pulled out of. Balance yet. beam, she has not. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So the balance beam is the only thing she hasn't pulled out of yet. Floor, um, uneven bars, everything else she's pulled out of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there have been some people saying that oh, you can't pull yourself out. Da 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 da. da. And I almost did a walk off on this, but something else came up. Um. And yeah, so she says she's taking this for her mental health. She she introduced a new term to the world that only gymnastics was used to, but uh, the twisties, basically, it's the yips, but for gymnasts. When you go up and you don't know where you are, you don't know how many spins you've done, how many rotations you've done. And this is somebody who literally is doing so many rotations in one night in the air that there's moves named after her because she's the first person to do them. So not knowing where you are in the air is very dangerous because you could fall and land on your neck. You could fall and twist an ankle. You could seriously injure yourself. So probably should have gone neck last. Probably <laughs> ankle probably wasn't the best. Ankle first. <laughs> you could twist your ankle. You could hyperextend your knee. You could break your neck. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. So Brandon, what are your thoughts on Simone? So I'm I'm torn moves? all sorts of different ways on this. I think it's the Olympics. Um, they only do it once every four years. You kind of have like part of me thinks you got to You got to compete. You, you don't have the window, especially a gymnast doesn't have a long enough window. I mean, she's been in last the last one. And then this one should probably be in one more. But part of me thinks you have to compete. Third, then. OK, and then there's a part of me who thinks, you know, mental health is incredibly important. You know, obviously, with some of the walk offs that you guys have heard me do, uh, I know that. It's very important to take care of yourself. But then a part of me thinks maybe she just doesn't have it and she's making excuses so she doesn't lose endorsements because she starts to fall off because she is getting older. So I don't I don't know what to think. I honestly don't. Uh the optimistic side of me wants to think, you know, she's just getting needs to take care of herself, but then like we talked about last week that that pessimistic side of me is thinking like maybe she just doesn't have it but doesn't want to lose all the money she has in endorsements by not performing up to her standards and maybe she just doesn't want to embarrass herself maybe she doesn't think she can do it but i i think that's a very negative outlook on it i i honestly think at the end of the day she's doing this because of the reason she stated it's for her mental health she's just got the the gymnast yips or the twisties as it is called and she'll be back, hopefully, for the 2028-2024 Olympics. <clears throat> so I don't think she'll be back for the 2024 Olympics. Um, because she didn't... When these Olympics got pushed back... Yeah, you back, have more insight she, on this than I do. Um, not really. I just you know read some things, listen to some things. That's what I'm hear saying. Hear people talk. Um, so when these Olympics were pushed back last year she took time away because she didn't know if she wanted to compete because so much has to go into the whole cycle or whatnot. Um, and there are multiple, I do think, obviously I think mental health is a real thing. And I think it's a real thing for her because she has been dealing with so much over the past year plus, um, because she is the last person that was involved in the Larry Nasser stuff. Um, oh, yeah. that is on this team currently, and she stated that, that. The, one of the only reasons she came because she again she didn't know if she wanted to come back for these Olympics. Uh, one of the only reasons she came was to hold the U.S. gymnastics feet to the fire because she didn't want an Olympic where nobody was there to represent that blemish on their history. Um, she's also been speaking out about all the Black Lives Matter protests and things of that nature. So that's been weighing on her. Um, 
she's 24. She is the GOAT. I mean, if you look back at all her past competitions last year, this year, uh, and before this Olympic cycle, she's been winning golds everywhere. So I don't think she's forgot how to do it. I don't think she's nervous about slipping or messing up. Like she qualified for these Olympics by getting gold in the U S trials. Um, I just think similar to Naomi Osaka, her meant there's just been so much on them in the last couple of years that mentally they're drained and exhausted. And before in the past, people couldn't say that Michael Jordan, we don't think about it, but Michael Jordan basically took a mental health check when he retired from the NBA to go play baseball or David Stern forced him out because he was gambling on games. That is not as unfounded claim. Uh, Speaking of betting on games. uh, Yeah. Did you see that? Is it Patrick Kane? Yeah. Okay. Um, We'll get to that in a second. (laughs) <laughs> but let's focus. So, We're being serious. Let's focus on the serious stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this is anything <laughs> other than her trying to protect herself. Um, and I think this is one of the most courageous things Olympian has done. I agree honestly. with you. I'm just saying I was looking at it from all perspectives, almost playing devil's advocate. That's not something no, I were. believe, but I'm just I don't want people to come after me and be like, oh. Why? Because she's a black woman. Look at you, Brennan. That's not you didn't what have I'm to saying. Say that, Brennan. Um, I, I didn't. I really yeah, so regretted it. On top, <laughs> staying in says we live by our mistakes. Um, Ain't that the truth? You know that better than all of us. <laughs> I know that better than anyone who's ever been on the show ever. <laughs> um, Jack Wires, well, Anderson, Anderson. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, uh, what was the other thing I was getting ready to say? Thank you. Oh, another another factor is. Her support system isn't with her. The way these Olympics are, everybody's, oh, yeah, they're all nobody's family's there. No help yeah, is coming. So your family is not there. The people who've been rooting you on, the people you are closest to are not there. Like All that plays into the mental psyche and gymnastics from what I've been told because one of my coworkers um, does cheerleading, uh, teaches it now and was a part of it in the past. And so there's a little crossover between gymnastics and he was telling me gymnastics is 80% mental. It's 80% here because you're defying the laws of gravity. You're defying the laws of physics. You're you're the way you're contorting your body is not the way a body is supposed to contort. Yeah. And if your mental is off, which again is 80% of it, there's no way you can perform. All you're doing is second guessing yourself, yep. which will lead to so calamity happening. And I know that from firsthand experience, my older sister, she was going to be too tall to uh, compete long term, but she did gymnastics. You can check her out on one of the most recent episodes of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. Emily Tassif did gymnastics for a long time and she actually fractured her spine doing an aerial, which is a handless somersault um, cartwheel or something like that. And she uh, fractured her spine and she never competed again. Just it fucked yep. her up so mentally that physically when she came back, she just was like, I can't, she could not, she could not step onto the mat without thinking I'm going to fuck this up. And it, she yep. was totally shot. So to your point, it's a, I've seen it firsthand. It's a hundred percent or it's 95% mental. Yeah. Well, that was a very good discussion. I loved it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of good discussions, we're now going to move on to the quick hits. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick Mayman hits quick hits. 
Quick. All right. Quick, quick, quick hits. Almost there. Jeez. It's weird yelled. now that I am recording in the living room. <laughs> I feel like I'm this in everybody's way. This is so way. funny going forward. <laughs> yeah, moving forward, this is probably going to be we gotta lots schedule of fun. This lots around. of fun. Got to schedule. Yeah, this we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do it with Savannah's at work. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Only because I feel like she's. I can feel her being Judge like, her God, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. The quick hits. So, <laughs> the Los Angeles Lakers. You had, had their this. New I believe you had this. I was so happy when I saw it. I wanted to say, "Holy shit!" I cannot believe Joe called this. I thought I was a hundred percent right with the Kyle Lowry thing. Joe yeah. called it. Russell Westbrook is now a Los Angeles Lakers. He's going, going Laker. back, back to Cali, Cali. Wow, Brennan just pulling out all the stops here. He's really putting on a show for his, his lady friend here. Um, but yes, Los Angeles Laker, new point guard, Russell Westbrook from the area, going back home. Brody's going back home. Um, now, to now a- analyze this, um, I think it's both good and bad. Now, we know Russell Westbrook is documented on this show. Um, his free throw percentages has gone down. His uh, three-point three percentage. Point no, his free throws have gone down, and his three points are got. He's one of the worst three points. Twenty four percent last year, twenty six percent, something like that. In the NBA history, he's one of the worst three point shooters. But you know what Whoa. he can do? He can pass the damn ball. So I think he's going to average somewhere north of twelve assists a game, and he's going to have ten rebounds a game. And his I'm main so excited. Job for him to come over the top on Anthony Davis one time to get a rebound and Anthony be like, what the oh, fuck are you doing, he's dude? Def- he's definitely doing it. You think <laughs> yeah, he's I know not? he's, he's going to do it. But um, he, he, his sole purpose is that when LeBron is off the court, because that's one of the splits. If you look last year, when LeBron was on the court, the, they were the second best offense in the league. When LeBron was off the court, they were the 28th best offense in the league. That's a big split. Which is not not near the best because there's only 30 teams. So yeah. when LeBron takes a break, Russell is the energy spark plug to keep the offense humming. Probably not at two, but somewhere where it's not a fall off a cliff situation. So that's the biggest thing. Now what they need to do the rest of this offseason is go get shooters. Yeah, they're going to need some shooters. Uh, also, I think another thing Russell Westbrook is going to bring to this team, obviously everything that you're talking about, but also he's going to crank everything up to 11. Like my man does not, he, he'll play with a broken no leg, a broken back. He'll fucking fight everybody with a broken wrist. He does not give a shit. Um, he's like, he is, I think, going to really do something for this team. And what I mean by that is like when Anthony Davis comes in, he's like, I don't know. My ankle's kind of tweaked. I think Russ is going to be like, the fuck do you say? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go play some basketball. Let's ball. Yeah, no, he's going to be the heartbeat um, of this team and they're going to move as he moves. Yeah, for sure. Which I talked about last week when you brought him up, and I said I because he's a ball dominant player. I, I I thought it was a bad fit, but I did say he would totally re-energize this team when anybody's trying to slack. They got rid of um Kuzma. They got rid of in that trade, correct? Yeah. And uh, Kuzma, KCP, they, they, and uh, Montre Hill. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So, like you said, they they're they're going to need to get some shooters. They're going to need to get some pinpoint accuracy, some sharp shooters out there. Um, only because the guys that they have are all, I mean, LeBron's obviously an alien, but 
they're not, they're all going to be interior kind of guys. And if, if AD wants to stay at the four, like he needs to bounce to the five or else that whole yeah. middle lane that, is going to be clogged That's another thing shit. with this, uh, this move. It, it kind of solidifies that AD, either you play the five or you're going to, no, actually, you're playing the five, kicking and screaming. We don't. Yeah, you're, shit. Playing you're playing the, the five. five. Yeah, you're playing the five. Dude. He has to. It's going to get so clogged up if they have LeBron at three or you know point. What is it? What do they call it now? Point forward or whatever. Yeah, they have LeBron at like point forward, and then Russ and AD, and then All they have a center on top to of it. It's to going to be baskets. Like what? Yeah, it's going to be a clusterfuck. But um, one of the things I should have put this in the rundown before we get to the other news that broke. Um, the breaking news. The breaking news, uh, DeMar DeRozan is, who is also not a three-point shooter, but gotten better since he got to San Antonio. But um, he said he will, there's reports that he's willing to take a reduced salary to go play in Los Angeles, also where he's from. So, really? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah I saw that. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of rumors that the Lakers are going to be the generic all stars the ge- ger- geriatric all stars. Um, people are saying Rudy Gay wants to go. Carmelo finally wants to go. All these guys allegedly want to uh, appear. You know who doesn't want to go? Take less. You know who doesn't want to go? I know who doesn't want to go. Kawhi Leonard. Breaking news, everybody. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard opting out of his player option for the Clippers, Los Angeles Clippers, but. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, it is just a play. He'll opt out and then he'll do a one for one and then opt out on the next year after next season. And then he will get that five year, $236 million deal. That's what I read. But he did opt out. As of right this second, Kawhi Leonard's a free agent, which is bananas. Technically, yes. But I'm, I'm stunned. When, when you broke this to me uh, by putting it in the rundown, I'm stunned because once we got word that he tore it, and you know what, we're gonna have to push that other thing again to next again. Week we're already at an hour. <laughs> are we? Damn, we are. Yeah, I didn't realize. Every time, look push. at us, man. We're always worried, but, like, ah, um, oh, there's not very much going on, and then look at it. But um, yeah, I thought, I thought with uh, when we found out that he tore his ACL and had to get a uh, surgery or whatnot, I thought the safest thing to do was to opt back in for the other two years uh, because he had a two and two. I thought he'd opt back in to, you know, secure his money, but opting out and basically putting the faith back in the Clippers and back in his legs that he can get back to where he was. I think he's going to keep deteriorating as a player. Oh. Um, if not deteriorate, his time is going to diminish more and more and more. Like he's not going to be able to play that much time. So I just I, so I attaching everything to him is it, stunning. I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but she's turning on the Roku. Yeah, I um she's turning <laughs> on the Roku. I uh, I disagree with your take. I believe this is how I was reading it. Your take with the Clippers. I think they'll sign him and re-sign him and give him as much money as they want because of what he can do. It's a potential league. I mean, we see that with the NBA draft every single season. It's not about what you are. It's about what you could be. And so even if his legs never get back, I think they're going to keep paying him, hoping that they get back. Now, okay, follow me here. And, and, And the guy in charge of that team should know this as well. You buy a computer. Steve Ballmer, the owner. You buy you buy a computer. The battery is immediately okay, so getting far. worse as soon as you buy it. Yeah. As soon as you plug it in, it's, it's never getting better. It's never getting yeah. better. 
his knees. This is his third surgery. They're never going to oh, get better. I completely agree with you. I know. I know. What's I know. Gonna happen? I'm saying the Clippers, the Clippers, how are they not putting this together? His knees are only going to get worse. It's not, he's yeah, not going to be. Brandon Roy all over again. Exactly. I mean, he's a better it's player than Brandon Roy, but we knew with Brandon Roy, the doctor said you will get four to six years out of him and then he is done. Now, yeah. obviously, it's a different scenario with Kawhi, but that's what's happened. Kawhi had those slow, st- almost a slow start in San Antonio. Then he really came on. He had four or five years where it was like, holy shit, who this guy's a fucking monster. And then just plagued by injuries. There's nothing that yeah. he's not going to get better. But I think the Clippers, and my thing I'm is, positive. And my Clippers thing is pay him. now he can, he can get to where he was once, but the duration of where he can be at that level is only going to diminish. Like what he only played yeah. six games when he was in Toronto. He only yeah, played it'll go at, from. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna, eventually he's only going to be able it's to gonna play be a couple games the in the season. regular season <laughs> to just the playoffs to just the last couple rounds of the play. I yeah, see what like, you're saying. It, it, yeah. The way you're going to get high level minutes out of him. So it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a game of diminishing returns at this point. So that's why I'm stunned that he'd opt out. Cause I thought his plan was basically, let me get as much as I can right now. But if he's going to try to play, let me opt out, get a one and one and just bet on himself continuously. Father time is undefeated. And with injuries, it's hard to turn that around. It's impossible. He's not coming back. (laughs) He will not be the same Kawhi. And I don't say that like disparagingly. I'm just saying he's going to play fewer and fewer games. He'll still play amazing when he plays, but it'll be fewer and fewer games. And then another injury will happen. And then it'll all over again. This started, let's not forget, this started years ago in San Antonio where he blamed their medical staff. And that was six seasons ago? Uh, Five? Five. Going into the sixth season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's like five, six years ago, yeah. So it's not... And that's an eternity, as we will talk about later in my walk off. That's an eternity in sports. So how many how many setups was that for your walk off? I think you had like six or seven. Now. Five, five or six. Yeah, <laughs> five or of. six. <laughs> I was say five or six. That's about right. All right, All right we got to push the other thing. Anything else you want to say uh, about Kawhi? No, we'll get to the other thing next week again. Next week, I'm going to put it again. in the rundown because baseball, the trade deadline has moved on. I'll put it. Yeah, in we'll the put rundown, it in the. Yeah, so we'll put it in the kickoff. We in the actual kickoff. It. Yes. Yeah. Everybody right, wondering on. what that thing is. Welcome to the big leagues. Two runs. Walk off homer for Cabrera. You can smile. That's okay. All right, Joe. I hosted this week, so you will go first with your walk off. All right. I'm getting this weird feeling that someone wants to watch TV. So <laughs> we'll wrap this up here in the next couple of minutes. Feeling? I'll shut up. Go ahead, Joe. All right. Um, I don't know if I'm going to cry in the middle of this, but I was kind of crying like writing it. So that's interesting. What? I'm um, the crier. I know, right? I was like tearing up writing it and I was like, I might have to unplug this and put you on speaker so Savannah can hear this. I don't know about that, but no, um, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'll shut up now. So that also fuck up the audio recording. Um, so this one's called draft night. This past Thursday was a momentous day for 60 young men. They've worked hard their whole lives for this and have had their families make numbers, any number of sacrifices to help them get to this point. And this is a life changing moment for them all, for them all. But there were actually 61 names announced 
and one life was changed months before the draft. Midway through the first round of the NBA draft, the ceremony took a turn for the heartfelt. The video board behind Commissioner Adam Silver changed from the team prior to images and the name of Terrence Clark. Terrence was a star high school player in the Boston area and was a fan of the Celtics, even becoming friends with some of their current players, most notably Jalen Brown. Clark played one year of college basketball at Kentucky for Coach Cal before declaring for the NBA draft. And on an April night, Clark was driving back from a workout and was involved in a gruesome car crash that took his life. He was thought to be a lottery pick, something that surely would have changed the fortunes for his family and those around him. Now we're back at the draft. The camera cuts away from Adam Silver to a table near the stage where his family sits. His mother, Osmin, his kid brother, Gavin, and his sister, Tatiana. Adam Silver then announces with the next pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the NBA selects Terrence Clark from the University of Kentucky. The Barclays Center erupts with applause. The camera cuts to paintings of Clark that are nearly that nearly every other draftee had at their table, showing the mark the young man made on those around him. Then back to the stage, a mother trying to hold trying to hold it together stops and takes a deep breath because she isn't supposed to be on the stage. It's supposed to be her son. This was supposed to be his draft night. Well, that was stupid. <laughs> That made me cry. I, didn't cry. I was about to say, no, I, was, I cried. I cried. That was sad. It was incredibly <laughs> heartfelt and emotional and beautiful, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I was sitting at the table today, right, and I was like, I kept having to stop. I was just tearing. Tears were well up in my eyes. I was well like, oh, up, man. That was good. Yeah. Oh um, snap! Uh, what? Go ahead. No, I forgot go ahead. the Olympic sound of the week. Oh shit! And it was a really good sounder too. Yeah, it was. I'll play it after our walk-offs. Okay, stay tuned for that, okay. everybody. <laughs> Olympic sound of the week. That's how we should take out the show. Okay, let's do that. Okay, um, I'll shut up now. Okay, yeah, Joe, shut up. Mine's called "Chasing a Dream." <clears throat> when I was a child, I honestly thought dreams were meant for other people. That I could try hard in school and do well with certain tasks, but I would never be the guy when it came to anything. It so happens that I have a brother that is super smart and sisters that were a lot more popular and fun to be around than I could ever dream of being. This chip on my shoulder is what led me to strive to be the best at everything I did in my adult life. It is the same chip that many of the greatest athletes in the world have on their own shoulder, never wanting to be second at anything ever again in their lives. I am now coming up on my mid-30s. My dreams of playing professional football were never realized due to injuries and my overall lack of talent. My dream of becoming a lawyer was derailed by my addiction. But there is one dream that remains, and that is to become a true stand-up comic. What I mean by that is to pay my bills through podcasting and stand-up. I do not want to be super famous or a household name, nor do I relish the idea of having exorbitant amounts of money. However, that would be really cool. But I just want to show people through my style of comedy that no matter what you are going through in life, it is all going to work out okay. And in the end, we can all laugh at it. I know that sounds contrived or even silly, but it is my experience. Attempted suicide, jail time, rehabs, and detoxes are all things I regularly joke about in my set today. This is a dream that it can still be realized. When it comes to sports, there's a finite window 
<clears throat> and it is forever fleeting. For every athlete, they will eventually run out of the one thing that no amount of money can buy, nor reps in the gym can overcome, and that is time. We have all seen it. Be it our favorite college player that couldn't stay healthy long enough to get going, or the Hall of Famer that just got old. It happens in every sport to every athlete. In fact, it happens to everyone. While I will never play professional football like I dreamed of as a young man in college, my life path has given me something that every athlete dreams of, a second chance. A second chance to chase a dream. A dream with far fewer concussions. Solid. That's it. That's it. All right. Boom. That's Boom. it. Uh, I'll do this right. before we get to the plug. Time for the Olympics this. sound of the week. All, All right, right. Let's see what happens to- at the press conference. No, I'll do it before the press conference. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's your show. The, I just work here. <laughs> I mean, basically, that's how it works. Um, to set this one up, uh, this I happened. The talent. <laughs> this happened. Oh, you got the same uh, little screensaver as I do for my Roku. Um, yeah, are so, they all the same? <laughs> no, you can change it actually. Um, we can change that screensaver. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, come on. I gotta go. <laughs> you look in the background, just cracked me up. Uh, so, in the high jump competition, Cutters, uh, Bashim, and Italy's yeah. Tamberi uh, ended up sharing Tamberi. the gold medal. Oh, they you ended up sharing it. the gold medal. Hold on, man. The sound is the sound. All right. Um, I'm setting it up, though. So, they're sharing the gold medal because neither of them. Failed an attempt at the high jump. The third guy failed one attempt, but made it to the Olympic record. There was a axe with the sound I'm about to play is the uh, official going to axe if they want to compete in a jump off. Oh, look at that. We'll wait for confirmation of the jump off between these two. So he may not be done. So they both got over the two, three, seven. And they've both been clean. Let's listen in. So what we couldn't hear over the announcers, if you couldn't catch it, the official goes to the two men who were just hugging it out. And he says, all right, so we're going to go to a jump off. And Bashim of Qatar says, do you have two golds? And the official's like, yeah, we could do that if you want to. And the Italian looks up because he had his hands on his knees. He looks up and they're like, yeah, let's just do two golds. And the Italian loses his shit because he had he was coming off an ankle injury in Rio where he didn't think he'd be able to compete again. And the guy from Qatar actually placed got bronze his first olympics he got bronze at the rio olympics he got silver and now he has a gold medal so that was pretty cool that was awesome when you sent that to me i was just like oh god and this is all emotional all the time now <laughs> all right i guess i definitely i technically did send it to you huh yeah i thought you i thought you were just gonna set it up like oh this is the olympic sound and then everyone was gonna hear him go oh they're gonna share it they're gonna share it <laughs> Uh, well, I forgot to write it in the rundown, so I kind of feel. Let's get to the press conference. We will right. bring you the press conference in its entirety. Sir, 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 
Joe, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, You can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville. You can check out this show's Twitter and Instagram at Hearing Press. Uh, You can check out my website, joedorville.com, if you want some merch or if you want to check out my hip-hop albums, TV and TV Season 2 by Headphone Joe. No O, no E in the phone. Uh, You can also check out all the other podcasts on this network, uh, anewlow.co. Brennan, go. Um, I also do comedy. Uh, BrennanTComedy.com uh, No dates yet, still getting settled up here But hopefully I'll have some New York dates coming up Also, you can check out my other podcast Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy uh, It's my comedy podcast Where we tell stories, talk shit, talk shop You know you know the deal Tell it, we, It's mainly about sharing stories About drugs and drinking And getting in trouble, getting arrested And just overall shenanigans Again, that's Brennan Crespo, Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy Thank you, I appreciate you that, send you that message. Uh, Yeah, he just started one of my best friends just started uh, casually drinking in his late thirties. And so we <laughs> talked about his adventures with that in the last couple of months. Uh, also follow me on all social media at Brennan T comedy. All right. That's it. Brennan, let's get out of here. So Savannah can finally watch TV. Absolutely. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. You already know who the shout out is. Huge shout out. Terrence Clark. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science slash comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again and goodbye.